And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 293, aka Year 6, Week 43, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC and KS. And since this is your regularly scheduled call-in show, uh, those numbers, 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301, that's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so what is going on with you guys this week? Um, I, I had an adventure in, in trying to find an Xbox on, online, and uh, of course I didn't get a pre-order because I didn't sit there with my finger over the button. And, uh, and to be <laughs> and, fair, I sat there with my finger over the button, and I still did not get a pre-order. So Right. And so... <laughs> what does that I, mean? You mean like within a second it's all gone? Yes. Uh, I was clicking. I I literally just for just so you know, Ken. Uh, I uh, when the PS5 went on pre-order, they kind of they did it without notice. Uh, so they kind of went, okay, now it's ready for pre-order. So I came home from the gym, I took a shower, I sat down at my desk, I got an email saying, okay, you can pre-order a PS5 now, and I went, holy shit, it's it's, <laughs> it's starting, you know, because they kind of they jumped the gun. Um. Uh, and so I failed, but I sat there for two hours, you know, clicking. Uh, I was texting MC uh, a little bit going, let's say, come on, this is going to load, you know, kind of a thing. And my other buddy who's a, who's, who lives in town and the Xbox pre-order was more of the same in which, but they gave us notice. They said, okay, Xbox pre-orders are going to go live on this date at this time. Uh, so I sat at my computer on that date at that time, ready to go, um, Unlike some people, like I'm, I'm kind of a, a loyalist to Best Buy because I get the points. So I wasn't like trying to find the the other places like Walmart or Target or uh, Amazon or whomever who had it. I was like, I'm just going to stay on Best Buy um, and see what happens. Although I think with the PS5, I went to Target just to check, um, and I was able to add it to my cart, but I never able to check out. So like double failure there. Uh, but I literally I sat there for you know another two hours or so. Uh, trying to add it to my cart. And then at some point it goes like, okay, it's added to your cart. Uh, and then there's like five more clicks that you have to do to go through to check out. And every, every step along the way failed to, you know, failed to launch, so to speak, um, until it said like sold out, we're not doing it anymore. And too bad. So sad. And that's when I, you know, text MC, I'm like failed again, brother. Um, uh, not getting an Xbox series X, not getting a PS five for the holidays. Um, but you, MC, uh, managed to secure one somehow? Yeah, so I, I paid a, a scalper uh, $900 for my copy of the Xbox Series X, which I really hate that name. It, it goes along the lines with a lot of other Microsoft naming schemes. Yeah. You know, that makes no sense, has no yeah. series mean, implied in there. Makes I mean, even the, the, the Xbox One X made no sense. It's how is it the one? Because there was already an Xbox One that wasn't a one; it was just the Xbox. Yep. Well, and it, that confusion led to some people. There were news reports uh, pre-ordering the wrong Xbox, right? And then you know, lining themselves up for disappointment. Like I got my Series X, baby. <laughs> and when, like, and uh, when, your pre-order says like Xbox One X, man. I don't. You're gonna have some <laughs> disappointed kids. And one person actually got the wrong console, even. They, they they actually paid you know for the the brand new one and they got shipped the one X instead of the series X ooh yep so but anyway shit happens um but anyway a lot of people are complaining about it about the scalpers okay and I think it's hilarious like I really don't care it doesn't matter like the company uh, Microsoft and PlayStation they they decided on a price and that price happened to be too low. Yes, let's talk about that, uh, especially with with KS on here, because my my general feeling or thought about these things uh, when it comes to scalping in general is the the company, uh, the manufacturing company, whatever it is, whether it's you know uh, video game consoles or concert tickets or sporting event tickets or any anything that you would traditionally uh, associate scalping with, right? Like those people are foregoing higher profits in exchange for goodwill, I guess. And, and they're leaving that profit margin available to scalpers to find the true uh, market price 
of the the item or the service or whatever. And so I've never had a problem with scalpers saying, well, like, that's really the market price, right? You could pay Microsoft 900 bucks. If you're willing to pay a scalper 900 bucks, that means you were willing to pay Microsoft 900 bucks for the same item. And all that Microsoft has gone, done is forego the profit uh, in, in lieu of, like I said, goodwill, but the, yeah. but the scalper is not. But so, who's the biggest sucker? It's Microsoft, in my opinion. Maybe, right? I mean, because they're foregoing the profit. Um, your thoughts on my analysis, KS, from a from an economic standpoint, perhaps? Oh, absolutely. I think it's... Uh, <clears throat> um, actually, the, the makers, producers of these things love the hype of scalpers. Scalpers increase the excitement about it. And, uh, you know, if it's a big extra price, the same thing for concert goers and so on. They want to make sure that they fill the stadium when they go to a concert. And a scalper outside is taking the risk that maybe they won't fill it. And um, I, and and so the I'd, I'd say that's perfectly legitimate. Well, it's obviously a perfectly legitimate thing, except that governments step in the way and, and try to outlaw uh, scalping. But that means they shift the risk to the to the producer of the performance or the uh, equipment, whatever the technology is. Sure. But in, in this case, you know, with, with consoles, part of the reason why the price is lower than what we would consider market um, is because of competition, right? Like the Xbox can only price it so high at retail because Sony's going to price it somewhere close by, right? They, they have to find that sweet spot. Um, and this generation, I think Xbox uh, balked first. Um, I don't know if it's always been the case where Xbox set the price at 500 bucks, basically for the MSRP for the higher end system. Um, and then Sony came out and said, you know what? 500 bucks as well, right? They didn't try to undercut, uh, but maybe they would have, if it was, you know, if Xbox said, well, this, this new series X, we think we can get, uh, I don't know, 900 bucks for it. Um, but then it's late it, <clears throat> later, three months later, it's harder for them to lower the price when they need to. It's easier for them to start off with a low price and then uh, keep it at that. Because consider if you suppose that three months later you lower the price so that you can build the demand again, then the first people who bought say, hey, wait a minute, you ripped me off. You told me this was the price and now you're lowering it. Then we'll all wait until the price is, uh, is lower. But will people wait? That's the thing that I'm not necessarily convinced of. Yeah, maybe not. But I mean, some will, and the complaint yeah. is is bad publicity for them. So this way, they avoid the bad publicity and get all good publicity. It it was worth the extra money that they forego forwent or didn't get uh, in order to get all that fantastic hype. Yeah, that's the goodwill that I guess I uh, my term was goodwill, but hype and and you know publicity is also good, um, but. But just like any other new technology that comes out, right? The, the, whoever buys it first, there's an understanding that you pay a premium for getting it first, right? Like you you pay 400 bucks more in this case, um, kind of for the bragging rights of saying like, oh no, I've got one and here it is. And I get, I get to use this thing for three to four months longer than you uh, because yeah. you cannot it's get a hold of it. It's known as market segmentation. <clears throat> the movie theaters do it all the time. They charge a higher rate for someone who wants to view the movie in the evening at the rush hour than the, the matinee. Um, nobody complains about that. You know, yeah. it says, oh. Or even the dollar theater a couple months later. Because time is, that's right, because time is money to people. You know, some people are willing to, uh, they, they want to be the first in line. And other people are willing to, to wait or to pay somebody else to stand in line for them. <laughs> yes. And when a, a few years ago when the switch came out, I actually did that. I stood in line at Best Buy uh, to get the switch and I had M stand in line with me. So I actually, I bought two, sold one, you know, didn't scalp it for a, not that much of a markup. I think I got like 400 bucks for it. Uh, you know, pay, paid 300 plus tax, sold it for 400, made about 80 bucks. Uh, kind of looked at it as a discounted. So, What's the difference between this new one and the previous ones? Is it, is it, I mean, I want to say a, marginal I'm not a gamer, so I don't really yeah. know about this world, but what, what is it? Uh, I, I, you know, I could, I could give you specs if you wanted specs. I don't think that's very useful. No, the, um, I would, I, it wouldn't mean anything to me. I want to say it's marginal. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. a lot of the, a lot of the launch games, 
um, for the Xbox Series X are also available in slightly lower graphical quality on the Xbox One X. Um, and I think, you know, and that, that seems to be the significant difference, which is one of the reasons why I personally wasn't all that in a rush to get it. Like if I had gotten my pre-order in, I would have been pretty excited. Um, but having not gotten my pre-order in, I'm not completely disappointed. Um, because I just, I don't know. I don't know yet. Uh, aside, aside from horsepower, uh, tech specs and, and graphics, um, I don't, I don't see much of a difference over the last generation. I'm, I'm curious about if all the pre-orders are done in a second, um, I mean, do they do this like in the stock market where they have some kind of computer program that, that, uh, just pushes the button? I mean, it does sales of, uh, millions of shares of stock within in nanoseconds. Is it the same thing that somebody does to be first in line for the, for the uh, pre-order or is it just people sitting there with their finger on the button? Uh, the, the real scalpers <clears throat> definitely have bots doing it uh, to the point where one of the solutions that Best Buy came up with for the pre-order of this little game and watch thing that I ended up getting, uh, you know, because that was also going to be a high demand item was going to be difficult to get a hold of. And I sat there, you know, in front of Best Buy and clicked, didn't take as long, uh, but Best Buy made you wait. Right. You know, and I guess it was a bot preventative measure, but they said like, oh, before you can add this to your cart, there's one more step uh-huh. that you must go through. So you couldn't just push the button. You had to right. be there when it transpired. And that one more step was basically just wait five minutes and push the button again. Right. Uh-huh. But that, that okay. seemed, that seemed to be, you know, I haven't read any news articles about it, but that seemed to be the cost effective way of, of, you know, benefiting real consumers versus uh benefiting bots and scalpers who are going to you know sell like within a couple hours of me actually completing my order for this thing like before i even had it in my hand uh again it's a 50 dollar item um the the used price you know for or the collectible price on amazon had skyrocketed to like 120 130 bucks right so uh you know 120 140 percent markup over retail um, for an item that in the news, they said, eh, we're going to make more. It's not like this is a one-time only thing and that's all you're going to get. Uh, that's happened a couple of times in the past. Uh, I've missed out on one-time only things cause I did not get my pre-order in on time. Um, uh, and the price shot up and I go, well, I guess I'm not having that. Right. Like, you know, I like to collect, I like to have fun, but at the same time, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not willing to pay the outrageous amounts that they are Were asking you limited for to one order or could you order a dozen? Um, I don't know. I limited myself to one order because I, you know, I, a lot of these things, like you have to be so quick to check out, right. Mm. That I'm not, I don't want to risk losing the one in order to get the two or the five or the six, Mm. right? Like I want to, I want to make sure that I get my one in and that's it. Um, so I don't know. I couldn't answer that. It's possible that you could have gone to your cart and like increase the quantity before you checked out. I did not try. Mm Mm-hmm. But the scalpers with their bots or whatever, they just, you know, they, the, the algorithms or whatever their pro software they're running just hits the button as much as they can afford. And then boom, they, they flip it for, you know, twice the amount of money on eBay or Amazon or wherever. And since, uh, Ken has already seen it, he can give us a, a review on the video quality of the new Xbox console. <laughs> well, I haven't seen the previous ones, but I was very impressed with the, uh, graphics the quality of the graphics of this is very very realistic i thought and i loved it i enjoyed it Uh, i don't know what the other ones are like though got to see a little bit of uh president um which which guy was that oh reagan (laughs) reagan okay i was like trump or biden trump or biden (laughs) yeah like you guys were watching an old speech of president reagan i don't i don't no, no, on the Xbox, uh, uh, Call of Duty Cold War. Oh, okay. So President Reagan's a, a star in the, in that game. Oh, okay. So it looked pretty realistic to the to the real Reagan then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was. I'm sure that was video material that they embedded into it, and there was okay. a lot of that. There was a lot of Vietnam War scenes that were obvious uh, news clips from the from the Vietnam War. There, yeah. there is a lot of scenes with actual uh, renderings of of, mm-hmm. of him, and it, and it looks real good. Okay, um, so well, I'll, I'll show him that later. 
See, and I think this is where me and you, MC, differ a bit in our our video game playing. Is you're more along, according to you, and correct me if I'm miscommunicating what I what I think with conversations had in the past. You're like more the latest and the greatest. If it's not the best graphics, I don't want it. Type of thing, right? So like pretty, the Xbox pretty much. I'm, not, I'm in it for an experience, right? And so I've even gone as far as getting the VR headset thing. And, and and it looks really good, but I can't leave it on my my face for very long because uh, it will uh, make my eyeballs heat up, and it's really annoying. So interesting. For, for oh oh, that's just like the Oculus or whatever for PC or what yeah, VR, the VR headset. Okay. I've got I've got the HP version of it. Okay, but because I, I I confusing it with with the the Xbox Series X that just came. I'm like I don't remember a VR thing with that. Right. No, no. Okay. For the PC. Yeah. Okay. So and and so the difference is that is the experience that you were going after. Now, me personally, I too am going after an experience, but like my experience doesn't have to be as graphically satisfying, right? Like if the game is fun, I don't re- and the, and the story is good, I don't really need the graphics to be, you know, blowing me away and hyper realistic. As it were. I want to be in the game. I understand. I'm not discounting <laughs> that. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying, you know, that but that's... What, we, what you're saying is fun is the most important part. It's just if you're having fun or not. For me, yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the, the, the game that I've been playing the most since, you know, quarantine started um, is Animal Crossing for the Nintendo Switch, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, rudimentary graphics comparatively to the new Xbox Series X, Right. But I probably have more hours in that game than just about any other game that I've played in the history of ever, right? Like, I'm, I'm probably pushing 500, 600 hours at this point. Whoa. Right. <laughs> You've become the game. <laughs> right. But, but, but because it's fun, right? You're it's gonna, not the best graphics. You're going to into an animal and cross the road or something. Uh, whatever. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, you know, even, even on this beautiful television, right, it doesn't, it doesn't the graphics aren't enhanced for it it's not like you know it's not like these animals look the most realistic it's just a fun game right. it's a fun game it's relaxing it's enjoyable and that you know that's that's the experience that i'm going after uh so for me i would not i would not pay 900 bucks to a scalper uh, to get the xbox series x now for video games where i may end up paying a higher price uh down the line is to pick up the uh nintendo 3ds the the 3ds xl because those are now out of production, and the 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 the, the aftermarket price is skyrocketing fairly quickly on those. Wow. So I don't, I'm not buying one now because I have no use for one. But I know I'm going to end up paying more later. Um, but retro gaming is, you know, increasingly expensive uh, to to get into as well. But let's let's stick with uh, you know scalping because that was the the main topic, um, and the, the whole reason <laughs> the whole reason why we're talking about video games. Uh, was the the scalper aspect? Um, I threw it over to you, KS, uh, briefly. I know you had some questions. Did we answer your questions uh, about why someone would pay that amount? Or no, no, that no. I have no objection to scalping. I understand it and applaud it. Um, uh, it's just that I I'm not so familiar with the game world, uh, but I know how it works in movies and concerts and all that sort of, sort of other thing there, there yeah. was an issue with a, a company called msi recently probably within the last six months the new video cards came out for pcs and so they were very rare and msi has this sub company that is basically like a just a random guy that has a, a channel or something and he and he sells things uh under his own little brand or something weird okay and and basically, it was scalping, it, but it was a guy that had uh, an inter- internal access to buy the cards directly from the company. And so it was like the company uh, selling them um, at higher prices, but doing it through a, a, an imaginary third party. Um, to, so it wouldn't make it look like MSI was you know, charging exorbitant prices. Ah, and that's smart. I know. It's, that, that was good, except they got caught. <laughs> Okay. And it would, better, it would have been better and more honest if they just released them at high prices and said, this is the price. Deal with it. Right. And that's kind of what I'm, <laughs> that's kind of what I was suggesting earlier. It's like, why, why would the companies that we love 
for these products, right? Like, you know, we, we want to support the makers yeah. uh, of these things. Uh, why would we fault them for taking profit away from scalpers, right? Yeah. If, the, if scalpers are going to be the ones making the money, you know, I think we, we covered this a little bit during like the hurricanes and, you know, the, the price gouging discussions, right? Why give the money to the scalpers when you can give it to the stores or the manufacturers, right? right. And if, if that's the market price, let them have it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think the one, uh, Ken made a really good point though, and that the scalpers do add another element of excitement to the whole thing and controversy. And so basically if you know that Xbox is selling them or Microsoft is selling an Xbox for $500 and that's what the price is supposed to be. Um, it makes it all the more valuable if somebody else is paying 900. And so by the time you finally get, well, I've got this thing that other people were paying $900 for. That means it must be worth more than the MSRP and you'll be all the more happy to spend $500 on it. You got a deal for paying MSRP. Yeah. So it makes people think they're really getting something. And, and I think it really, it probably does drive uh, more money into the Xbox market, just uh, having a, a low price at launch. And in that, in that way, they'll be able to, you know, charge $500, for it for a very long time instead of you know just at the opening if they if they started at a thousand started bringing it down then by the time it gets to five hundred dollars somebody might wait longer and say well it'll probably go down to four hundred yeah yeah and they'll and they'll not buy one so maybe maybe pricing it uh, accurately from the beginning is is a, is a good strategy i don't know and the last generation um i got my xbox one I uh, used for like 300 bucks. I got my PS4 pro used for like 300 bucks. Um, and that was a, a few years ago. And at the time, right. I was like, well, newer, newer versions are coming out, man. So like you can either accept my offer for this price, uh, or it's going to hit this price in retail in a few months. And there's no way you're going to be able to sell it for this. Right. Like <laughs> right. I'm the used price is going to drop significantly in a couple of months. You might as well, you know, take me at my offer. And they did, they, they, you know, they bought into it and and they were right to do so. Cause again, you know, I think I bought it over the summer by the you know, time Christmas or whatever rolled around. Like you could have got it new for the same price that I bought it used for. Uh, so yeah, but, but I mean, that goes with all products across the board, right? It, it comes out at a certain price and then over time it, you know, hits a sale or goes on sale. Um, you know, this was, um, I think I was talking to like, a, you know, interviewing with a vacuum cleaner, like maybe a Kirby vacuum place or whatever. And some, you know, and someone was like, well, why, why do you only offer sales, um, to, to new customers? I go, well, to, to entice them to purchase, right? Like that's, this is, this is not a new phenomenon, right? New customers get deals. Uh, existing customers don't get deals because you're already a customer. You're already in. The deal is not to get you to, to remain a customer. The deal is to get new customers on board. Um, so over time, you know, prices usually go down. Uh, N- Nintendo's kind of like the, the stalwart uh, holdout on that. Like Nintendo prices just don't t- seem to move at all, ever. And it's frustrating as someone, <laughs> someone likes to collect Nintendo things. Um, but yeah, so I don't, you know, like we said, no problem with the scalpers. Uh, UMC, you're like, ah, yeah, I want it for 900 And so you get it for 900 and you should be happy to do so because now you have it, right? There's a handful of people out there disappointed. Uh, Some people, you know, either can't afford it, can't afford it now. Go ahead, Cass. With automobiles, with automobiles, you find that classic automobiles then go for a premium price like 20 or 30 later. On with the game world that, uh, that some things become, you said I'm a game collector. Is this a, a phenomena like collecting other things where if among collectors it become it becomes more valuable price goes way up for really classic I- editions um in in certain respects yes um like i said i'm going to be paying a premium for a nintendo 3ds xl sometime in the future um like i think you could get it new for 300 that was way out of my price range for for that particular item I, I don't remember what exact model, but like I remember Black Friday, maybe five or five or six years ago, the Black Friday price was like ninety nine bucks, and I didn't jump on it. Um, and I'm like, well, I'll just you know, I missed this opportunity. I, if the price is coming down, I'll just wait for it to hit ninety nine again. And then it didn't, right? It, just, it went right back up and held 
Um, and now, you know, even, even the used ones, um, certain variations are more than 300 because they're, they're now rare and collectible. Um, I paid, you know, more money. I paid more money for a used Dreamcast than I did for a brand new one when I bought it in like the year 2000. Like in the year 2000, I bought a Sega Dreamcast for like a hundred bucks at KB Toys. And I recently spent like 150 for a used version um, on eBay. So that's just one example. Um, you know, like the, the, the retro community has products coming out at a fairly regular clip to enhance uh, these older consoles. And so that's a, that's another like wallet buster for a lot of things. And some of it, because it's a, it's a cottage industry, the price is high and the quality and the quantity is low. So the pre-order system is just like this, except you may never get it back in stock kind of a thing. Um, so whenever they have a new pre-order for one of those things, I kind of jump on it. So I have like, I have a, a box, uh, on and near my desk that is just components to be put together later. Um, so yeah, it, it similar, similar to the cars where, you know, at one point you could probably get, uh, one of these older consoles for, you know, less than 50 bucks at a garage sale or 20 bucks at a garage sale type of a thing. But as, as it moves into that retro aspect of it and more components come out for it, um, you can spend significantly more. Like I've got, you know, I've got an orange GameCube sitting on my desk, um, which is, you know, the, the Japanese version and, all the stuff that I bought to make it work now, um, you know, with, with modern televisions, um, it, it's probably close to 300, $400 of equipment oh for goodness. that. What you, did you say? Oh my goodness. You, you almost had an Xbox series X. I know it's not about the price well, in man. a few months. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I have know, an Xbox series X because of the price <laughs> I have. I don't have it because I didn't click the button on the pre-order. Um, uh, but yeah, but you know, but the orange, I think I forget what I paid for the orange GameCube is probably over a hundred bucks for the GameCube itself. Um, and then the, you know, the HDMI adapter was another 150. Uh, the, the disc drive replacement was another hundred bucks or so. Um, I got the GameCube, the, the, the Game Boy player thing on there was another, you know, 50 bucks and memory cards and controllers and whatever. So yeah, you know, close to, close to 400 bucks on that. Um, for you know for uh clone consoles i guess i don't know the the, the lost your connection you lost my connection no it's good. it's good okay but anyway we're we're getting kind of yeah. long on the on the consoles okay you wanted um, to talk about voting then voting I did i think voting is funny because oh. how, how many years like two two over 200 years in this country we we haven't figured it out yet no, you just go and you you check the box on the ballot, and then you cast your vote. Easy. Yeah, but you have no idea if it's counted or if, if other votes are counted more than yours, or if your ballot goes in the trash can, or you know after you after you do that stuff, um, you don't really know anything about the process. It just kind of they just tell you there's a winner, and you either be happy or mad. Okay, are or you jumping aboard the Trump train, calling voter fraud across I, the board here? I'm I'm pretty sure there's there's a massive voter fraud across the country there was there was two elections in the u.s that that got flipped because of their computer systems go and, on and that and that same software the dominion software is used in you know most of the democratic uh government controlled uh states that are that are you know on the border of, of flipping uh for for trump or for biden you know so um uh, i think there's definitely credibility to the idea that the election is rigged sure and and so i'll, I'll be I'm, i'll be excited for the conclusion whatever it is and i think it's it's going to be hilarious and like whatever happens it's going to be chaos like there's there's no getting around that <laughs> do, do you want to comment on that chaos before i i jump in here no go ahead first okay yeah, yeah. so Maybe it's just the, the cynicism in me, right? I believe that there is widespread election fraud, widespread voter fraud uh, all over the country, right? You, you do not have to convince me of that. Um, I also believe that it has been going on as long as we have had a country, right? I don't, I don't, I, I don't think there is any point in time 
where we had uh you know free and clear uh elections in in any sense of the imagination um for for reasons you just laid out so you you put your ballot in the box and then you know what happens yeah, your sound know. is distorted there could you repeat that last uh sentence yeah i so said you put your you put your ballot in the box and then what do you know after that you don't know much i uh, it, it you know it goes to the counters right there's, there's even the old quote or i'll paraphrase it says it matters not who who cast the vote it matters all who counts the vote right i forget who the attribution is um but i believe that right i don't one, i don't one, care i'm trying to think i mean i think you're probably right there there is it, it always has been and does but i i think then if it's pervasive and it always has been then i'm guessing it's because there's really never been any penalty for fraud or manipulating the the vote process it's something like the, the election goes on and then it's sort of forgotten and there's no I, don't, I can't recall ever having really heard of anybody who ever got prosecuted for voter fraud and well, i'm, I'm because sure that there must lots of instances but then people say oh well the election's over and yeah. you shrug your shoulders and all that but i they're think, already doing uh, it if, what they're doing what shrugging the shoulders. the election's over right oh they're, yeah yeah they're yeah, just yeah, waiting for right. trump to concede that's right yeah. that's that's how it works right you uh, I, I think i said this on last week's show uh they both cheated likely right uh biden cheated better and trump lost well so, and then the dynamics of it is that the winner is the one has the who has the position to prosecute but not the motive to because then uh, it's likely to jeopardize their the chances you would think right. that Trump being in power still, he's still got on his hands on all the machinery to investigate and prosecute. I just read in the newspaper today that judges in three states have turned down three of the of the charges, saying, "Well, the amount of the number of of votes that are contended in contest here aren't sufficient to make up the difference in the vote." Um, and of course, then that's tainted by the fact that who who appointed the judges um so well and that was a deeper conspiracy as well right because apparently trump's two most recent uh supreme court nominees right helped george bush win florida and when what year was 2000 and uh 2000 was it was it 2000 2000 yeah Yeah. like uh uh kavanaugh and barrett were like part part of the assistance in that so the the Trump the Trump trained people are like, well, see, look, he knew, he knew way in advance that this was going to come down to the Supreme Supreme Court, and so he appointed the two people that helped George Bush win in two thousand uh, to make sure that he was going to going to you know take back the the presidency this time. Like it's it's been well known and well documented throughout history. I go, yeah. So the 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 standard procedure is both sides cheat. Right, one side cheats better. That we call them the winner. The other side concedes. Right, that's, I think that's the most important part. Uh, the other side concedes defeat, uh, and therefore there's no need to investigate. Right, if if he mm-hmm. if he if the if the loser goes like, oh no, you, you got me. Right, ah, then then there's no challenge. There's no reason to look into it. There's no reason to you know determine whether or not there was chicanery afoot. Right. That's the biggest difference. This go around is that Trump is like, no, no, we're fighting this to the bitter end. Right. Just like Al Gore in Florida. No, we're going to, there's no concession right away. Um, and then, the, and now it's, will Trump actually concede at some point? Maybe. What will it look like? Who knows? It's Trump. It's, <laughs> it's going to be spectacular. That's what I'm saying. It's going to, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be crazy. Um, there's, there's, so there's a whole bunch of people that are actually, abandoning fox news because fox all of a sudden called it for for biden and and the the people in charge of fox now are telling the world that there's there's nothing to worry about the election process is is flawless and and they they got the right guy and there's nothing to see nothing to investigate anymore and uh and and i think that's well it's sad and it's wrong and i think it's part of the deep state that wants to control who's uh, president and uh, you know and and I I feel like if if they can do that then uh, there's going to be more wars and more uh, uh, le- less information for the for the public. 
Well, you talk about chaos. Can you imagine the chaos, uh, the actual chaos, if the the beacon of freedom and liberty and democracy uh, was found to not have fair and open elections, right? Like protecting the system is way more important uh, than, you know, having the, the, the system operate accordingly, right? Having the appearance of a fair and open election system or a democratic system is way more important than actually having one come hell or high water. Because if they wanted open and fair, then yeah, there would be paper trails, there would be counts and recounts and verification counts and multiple people looking at things and some, some significant level of redundancy to find out, you know, to, to hash out discrepancies. Uh, but no, the, 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 our system works perfectly because if for it not to work perfectly destroys the entire concept of democracy, which I'm in favor of. <laughs> oh, as am I, but you can see why they would say that you, you had something I, to say case. Yeah. I think that, um, the whole notion of fair, um, is, worth examining because I think it's built into the system and it's legitimate that it's unfair. Take, for example, the Electoral College. I mean, normally in most places in the world, even in this country, people assume that democracy means majority rules. Okay, the larger vote wins the, the, the candidacy. Yeah. But now we've seen in our uh, recent lifetime, two times, and it happened once before, back in the, after Civil War II, um, where the person who didn't win the majority of the votes still won by a, a um, you could say, a contrivance of the Constitution. So, yes, it's constitutional. But I think that it was a compromise um, so that the, the, the states would all agree to come together. But I think that there's no particular reason any, a, at all to say that, well, because um, there's... Uh, uh, fewer people in a particular regional area that they should have more votes than people in an, uh, another regional area. And that's irked me no end about the, the, the mischief it's caused with regard to agricultural subsidies. We have the, a trillion dollars of agricultural subsidies largely because, you know, 1 million population in Colorado has as much vote in the Senate as 10 million people in New York. Um, and then agricultural subsidies like the, the ethanol subsidies, all kinds of bizarre twists and turns in favor of certain segments of the society. They have nothing to do with democracy. It has to do with a construct of the, of the legal system that gives some people far more weight to their vote than in other places. Sure. And I think people become skeptical about democracy thinking, Oh, it's just a game to play a uh, uh, really uh, that votes don't really matter. What really matters is your ability to to construct a whole game. So in any case, I mean, so, I, so you would be in favor of removing the electoral college from the voting system? Yeah, right. just yeah, straight popular would, vote wins. Well, and and I would likewise uh, make the. Uh, I mean, if I just could with with a wave of a, of a hand uh, change things, I would make the. Uh, votes in the senate uh, proportional to re to popular representation too well isn't that I mean, the house are... of representatives that's why we have the house of representatives yeah but it should be the same proportional representation in the senate there's no reason that the senate should be based on um that uh the people of rhode island have as much vote as the people of uh california um i mean it doesn't it doesn't make any um logical sense except that it was an early compromise and by the way the early compromise uh used uh, as a justification for this well that you know slaves counted as three-fifths of a vote too and we want to make sure that the slave states don't abandon the the other states that wasn't true under the articles of confederation i would have been an anti-federalist uh, actually uh and opposed the the the, the federaliz federalization of the of the constitution and actually, I think Mary Rothbard has written extensively about uh, how it was done. It probably wasn't even done legally uh, because it was the decision on how to to come to a constitution was supposed to be uh, arrived at unanimously. 
And um, some of the delegates, realizing that they were not happy with the way it was going to turn out, went home saying, well, they can't make this decision unanimous without our presence. But they did. Sure. <laughs> So uh, I mean, let's talk, let's talk about the about California that. versus Rhode Island thing briefly, because it mm-hmm. highlights an interesting example, right? You're saying that they, they, they should not have equal representation because there are so much less people in Rhode Island than there are in California. Uh, yeah. but that system would, you know, it, to, to me, seems like it would be open for abuse because you would have Californians dictating policy that Rhode Islanders would have to follow despite the disparate um, uh, environments and societies that they find themselves in. So what? Right? Be- <laughs> well, you say, so what? The, the people of Rhode Island don't necessarily people- want to be ruled by Californians. Then they should be allowed to secede. Well, okay. That's a whole separate question, but and course, I would agree with well, that. Well, no, I think it's it's intimately connected. The, the, the southern states did try to secede. Actually, and look what happened. New England. Yeah, I know, because the northern states didn't. Uh, wouldn't allow it so they fought this stupid war um you know but that that still doesn't uh, the the american independent the the revolution was a secession from england and they justified it until they didn't want to justify it you know i i I think uh well that's a whole other issue we can get into but i i have to backtrack on all of this and agree with both of you that i don't really accept the notion that democracy should rule and so in a sense, what I'm arguing is that uh, let's make it a legitimate democracy is kind of counter to the libertarian position. Undermining democracy might be a healthy thing if people then said, well, let's not have democracy rule anything. Let's let's have a libertarian world where we don't depend on democracies. Sure. Well, what happens again? I'll go back to it real quick because I want to I, I want to highlight another point. What happens with the California and Rhode Island example? If you go, well, Rhode Island should be able to secede. Um, and you go, okay, Rhode Island, go ahead, secede. And California prevents them somehow because they're the rulers of that tiny little island. Um, and they say, no, no, you cannot secede. And if uh, you, you try, can... you will be crushed militarily. Yeah. Okay, well, it works the other way too, okay? Um, two votes in Rhode Island and Connecticut. Okay, that's four votes. So they can outvote the people of California all the millions of people in California because they've got two states with two with four votes and California only has two. So the, 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 the idea of control currently works in the opposite direction, you know, in terms of uh, uh, the people in the Senate giving extraordinary power to very, very tiny states with very few people. They're controlling uh, the much, much greater numbers of people in big, bigger states. So, um, yeah, they made a compromise. They did both. They did proportional and and uh, uh, territorial. But I don't see any any rationalization for territorial control. You know, but why should people of a certain territory have um, uh, far more power than much more populous people of another territory just because they're they've set out this this delineation of what the territory is? Well, and we can take this to the COVID masks thing. Um, for the, for the same reason that you don't want people in uh, highly dense urban cities um, making policies for rural Americans, right? Sure. It, it, might, it might make sense for you to quarantine and wear masks uh, while traveling the subways in New York City, uh, but that rule should not apply to rural Wyoming, right? And And that's right. And it shouldn't go the other way either, where the people in rural... Wyoming should set the policies for the people of California. And under the Articles of Confederation, you had a much greater chance of each region making its own policies because the Articles of Confederation allowed it was a it was a, a confederation of independent states. They had certain reasons to cooperate, but they didn't have the the, the power of taxation um, and uh, control over each other that they did under the Articles of, of the Constitution. Okay. Well, let me, let me ask you this uh, serious question. Um, aside from, you know, uh, farm subsidies, do you see these rural states lording over um, their more densely populated counterparts? Like, is, is Wyoming voting uh, in the Senate really impacting California policy all that much? Because I, I see more examples of the inverse than of the, the rural on 
urban? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I, I hadn't thought about um, a multitude of others. I'm, I'm always uh, talking about the agricultural subsidy, so that is foremost. Well, you could say the ethanol subsidy is, is one connected to that. I mean, people all across all the populous states that are doing lots and lots of driving have to pay a much higher price uh, for ethanol. I would say probably, if you look into it, probably oil policy, massive subsidies to the um, to the coal and petroleum industries. And like it or not, a lot of people think that, oh, uh, uh, oil and petroleum and coal are are all market phenomena where these these other you know sustainable ener energies are subsidized by government no the oil and petroleum and coal have all been heavily subsidized uh, by the the government too and those are more rural favored industries i would say than cities that have to pay the higher price through higher consumer prices and higher taxes okay so when these votes are coming out at the federal level, it's all like California, New York, and the big cities saying, no, we're, we're voting against these subsidies. And it's Colorado, Wyoming, and the Dakotas going like, ah, but we can outvote you. Is that, what, is that really what we see? It, it happens. Like, for example, food stamps. Why are there food stamps? It's because it's a way of the farmers to get the city congressmen to accept the farm subsidies. Oh, we can raise the prices of food because we will also be able to hand out because the guys in the cities will be able to hand out food stamps to help the the low income people pay for the higher prices of food. Oh, so so both of them are. It's a perfect are, system. Then that seems yeah, like yeah. collusion. <laughs> exactly, it is. Yeah, it seems like them working together against the 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 average citizen. That's right. Exactly. Well, that's, that's yes, that's fundamental to it all. Yeah, and uh, you could say military defense expenditures. Uh, why was it that? Daniel Inouye was so powerful here in Hawaii because he was able to get enormous military expenditures uh, in this state. Many states have uh, military expenditures that isn't at all justified by the military strategic uh, necessity. It's, to, it's justified because uh, the state is powerful enough to get a, a, an aircraft carrier named after the senator or, or uh, a big military base uh, and facilities placed in their district, uh, you know, Alabama and Georgia and so on, uh, or, or shipyards. All these things have nothing to do with strategic necessity. They have to do with political uh, lobbying of the senators more than anything. Sure. So, so just like we said earlier with, you know, both candidates cheating, uh, it seems like it's common knowledge that the way things get passed is through lobbyists and backroom deals and sliding money here and there. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, we, we, the people turn a blind eye to it because it's more important to project the idea of a perfect system than it is to actually have one. Yeah, that's probably true. I, I think people are, 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 however, aware that it goes on, but they feel helpless to do anything about it. So they say, oh, okay, better that we have this ideal view of the patriotic country, and especially unlike Veterans Day, we'll have our day where we give tribute to all the, you know, the, the uh, service men who have, have dedicated their lives to whatever war was presented to them and how it was. I mean, they, you know, people have a desire to to have an ideal view about where they live. Yeah. Do and they feel helpless though? Because a lot of it comes down to the voting, right? The, the most people ever in the history have ever voted this past election cycle because they, it's not because they felt helpless. It's because they felt powerful enough to cast their vote for the guy who they needed to be in charge, right? We, we must get rid of Trump. And now my voice matters. I'm voting for Biden. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I I was impressed with how many uh, Trump supporters and voters were in this state when I think it would have been illogical for them to take the extra effort to go down to the ballot. They, you know, well, of course, the, the polls were wrong, but but the state, well, they, they were maybe they were hoping on an accident that something would happen and and change so that the electoral vote would go to Trump when the chances of that in, in Hawaii was extremely small. So one person going to vote for Trump had a very, very low probably of, um, but maybe it's just their way of registering. At least I might 
you know, maybe registering protest. Maybe that's what voting is. That's why libertarians sure. vote. They don't expect to win, but they 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 register a protest. All right. I, w- I want to make one little comment, and then we'll jump into this article because I think this is that it, it would have been a, a nice, smooth transition. Um, one of the things I told some friends around here is, you know, coming from Hawaii, it made it very easy to not vote, um, especially in the the presidential race, because the the polls close so late comparatively, and there's so little electoral votes available that usually, in my experience living in Hawaii, the election was over by the time you got off of work and headed to the polls. Well, the election for the national offices, but the local offices, I mean, there's only one national office, the president, all the, even the the local state congressman and senator and, and all the local offices, those are still uh, very much alive. So if you, if you're not focused entirely on the presidential, and so in off year elections, that's, that's all there is. Yeah. Local issues. And which, in, you know, to, most people don't know anything about any of the guys running. They just know a name yeah. or a party. Uh, so yeah, all of this about democracy has very little. Um, and to be I, honest, I, I, I suppose in a sense that emphasizes the role of the media because if they get a, give somebody a good name or a bad name, that that influences the election a lot. Yeah, and t- to be honest, the last time I saw uh, political ads in Hawaii. I could not tell the difference between the Republican candidate and the Democrat candidate. Just like sign waving people are out there and they're waving their hands. It says nothing about what they stand for. It's just, yeah. Did, did he have a lay on? Is he with a, well, if he had the lay on, then you know, he's the candidate. That's about it. Yeah. But is he, is he standing next to, or is she standing next to an Asian spouse? Um, you know, that's important in Hawaii too, because the, majority population is Asian. So they want to see an Asian connection. Do they have an Asian sounding name or not? Yeah. Asian, either Chinese, Japanese, uh, or maybe Hawaiian or Tongan, that would be acceptable, but it's gotta be, uh, you can't be just a, a Howley uh, without some kind of local, uh, flavor to your campaign. Yeah. But the so- and, signs are all the same color. Political ads all sound the same. Oh yeah. I couldn't even tell yeah, if yeah. there was an R or a D next to it. Yeah. That's right. So, Actually, one one time we, I was running for office, and I I uh, we decided to run the generic party candidate. We had a whole bunch of black and white signs all lined up on Poly Highway, and um, all all of us were wearing masks, so we look exactly the same. And every sign said, "We believe what you believe, whatever you believe. Vote generic party." And then the last sign at the end said, or libertarian where you're independent. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So it was, it was a, a fun protest. I mean, that's one thing I liked about Harry Brown. He wrote his book, how I found freedom in an unfree world. And I remember sitting with him at a, at a, a table over in, at the freedom fest conference in Las Vegas one time. And somebody came up to him and says, I thought you said in your book, how I found freedom in an unfree world is to stay away from politics. And here you're running for president as a libertarian party candidate. How do you reconcile that? He says, you didn't read the rest of the sentence. I said, don't run for politics unless you're having fun. And if you're having fun, then go for it. Do it for for fun's sake, but don't expect to have any any impact other than just. Yeah. But on the other hand, having fun and humor and satire is a very, very powerful and potent tool. Well, I'm glad you're finally on board with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this article because it kind of transitions into that. Uh, libertarians, uh, are they having fun? I don't know. But here's the headline. It's Donald Trump's fault he lost, not mine. Uh, Libertarian Party leader, leader Joe Jorgensen tells irate Americans. Uh, this is from RT, so you know it's the truth. <laughs> At least when it comes to American politics. In one of the most contentious elections in living memory, third-party candidates have played a critical role in key battleground states. The Libertarian Party leader has been targeted by angry Americans who blame her for deciding who the next president will be. Dr. Joe Jorgensen received 1.76 million votes, uh, but it is where they were cast that proved vital. Across Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, her ballots were far greater than the gaps between <laughs> Biden and Trump. For example, the in Georgia, the difference between the two is 14,149, but Jorgensen won 62,060 votes in the state. <laughs> These Americans seemingly supported her vision of turning the U.S. into a giant Switzerland. 
speaking exclusively to RT. Uh, she said, I have some nasty emails saying I threw the race and I've ruined the entire country. <laughs> and then they say, I hope your ego is satisfied and that I did it because of my ego as I knew I was never going to win. <laughs> there was always the hope, but I knew I wasn't going to win, but I didn't do it for my ego. If you watch back my campaign, you'll see that. Uh, I even got a voicemail from this woman. It was nothing but four letter words. She was calling me <laughs> things and oh my gosh, it was awful. I think she was a Republican who felt if it hadn't been for me, then Trump would be president. The Libertarian Party conducted a professional campaign and their influence on the result is plainly a byproduct of a functioning democracy. The voters they did attract clearly couldn't vote for someone else. So it did impact on the other candidates. Across the four key states, there were 57 electoral college votes available. Trump could have held the White House if he'd taken Jorgensen's ballots, and libertarians are far closer aligned to Republican values than Democrat ideals. She explained, I can tell you historically we tend to draw voters from both sides. This time around, I don't know if it was one or the other so far. If I can change the landscape of American politics for the better, I'll be happy as that's why I am doing this. I would suggest the reason Trump is not president is because of Trump. He didn't follow through. <laughs> he increased the deficit faster than Obama and was the, and that was before the pandemic. If he had come out, come in and cut the deficit like he said he would, I think he would have won in a landslide, but he didn't follow through on those promises. That poor misguided woman who called me all those names, I don't think she realizes that in the long run, it is hopeful that people like me are running because maybe politicians will straighten up their act. Being closely connected to American opinion, Dr. Joe feels Trump threw it away rather than Biden winning. She added, uh, Donald Trump said that he was an outsider, a businessman. He was going to balance the budget and cut the deficit. He didn't do any of that. I think if he had, he could have won. It might make Republicans say, you know, you know what? Maybe they really do want us to cut the deficit and we better start doing that or we're going to have another libertarian come along and take our votes. Uh, Dr. Joe also had some insights on Trump's refusal to concede. The president appears to still be contesting the results, even though all major platforms have named Biden as co as excuse me, as president elect. Uh, Dr. Joe said there were a few small cases of irregularities, so I guess I can't hold it against him. I'm not as bothered as most people. I don't think it's going to make a difference if those stories are true and they seem to be. I can see why he's saying, wait a minute. But the chances that there are many, there are that many irregularities and that many people, dead people voting to make a difference is probably not going to happen. While their impact in the four key states have garnered attention, it doesn't mean the libertarians are celebrating. It was their second most successful ever election since the party formed in 1971. Former leader Gary Johnson won 4.5 million votes in 2016, but he was a former governor of New Mexico and ran alongside another ex-governor, Bill Weld. Dr. Joe said, I beat Gary's first run 2012 and Bob Barr's run 2008, and they were both well-known Republicans who had made a name for themselves, so the fact that I beat them is good news. A few people had asked me what my definition of success was, and I said my real definition would be to beat Gary's second run, but I would not have been successful if I didn't at least beat his first run. It was a lot of fun, and I'm glad I did it. Still, it could have been a lot more. Despite being on the ballot in all 50 states plus the District of Columbia, the Libertarians were not included in TV debates. They also suffered from very little mainstream media coverage in America. Uh, Dr. Joe said, there were still so many people this time who didn't know they had a choice other than Trump or Biden. I keep hearing reports going on the ballot saying, wait a minute, there's somebody else here. People tell me their friends didn't know I was running and saw my name and thought I was a guy. They were asking, who's Joe? Who is he? Uh, seemingly with the wind at her back, it may come as a surprise that Dr. Joe has doubts about battling out, battling on until 2024. She had planned to run, but anticipates some libertarians may edge her out. Dr. Joe admitted, I had planned on running, but now I'm not sure. I'm going to keep the movement going. I don't want things to die out. And then we don't hear from libertarians for the next year. I want to keep those people excited and interested in the movement so we can build on it next time. But a lot of people think perhaps Justin Amash, the uh, Republican, might run. There are libertarians who say he has name recognition. Actually, right now, I probably have more name recognition than he has. But some libertarians are clinging to the fact that he is a well-known Republican. People would treat us more seriously. I've never held office, but Justin Amash can't, can at least say he was a congressman and so is a serious candidate. 
In other words, he is a politician and I am not. I'm not really doing this for my ego because if I had a big ego, I wouldn't be t- talking like this. Uh, end of the article. So your thoughts. Did Joe Jorgensen throw the election for Trump? No. Nope. Okay. All right. <laughs> no. All right. I guess that'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, t.me slash the anarchistexperience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.